happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Holy Commutes Podcast. Who then Fridays, uh, singular Friday, uh, and you have nobody else but Tom Gannon to play for that. But I am your host today, Anthony Foodman Dioria, and we'll be talking about some wiffle ball, some East Coast wiffle ball. We're going to focus this little short little 15-minute show here on mainly kind of wrapping up the fall league season uh, that we run here on Long Island, uh, lovingly known as Gaul. Uh, first, again, shout out to Tom Gannon for inviting me on to do the podcast this week. Shout out to Tim Dean and shout out to anybody else really involved with the National Wiffle uh, and all the great media that they produce. Um, first, I want to wish everybody a very, very happy new year. Hope everyone is off to a great start. We're about, what is it, uh, 12 days in. We've got football uh, coming up this weekend, playoff football. Uh, no Giants. No Jets, fantastic for, for those in New Yorkers. So it's an enjoyable weekend, stress-free uh, for those fake New Yorkers who are Cowboys fans uh, or fans of other teams that are playing this weekend. They're fake New Yorkers. Uh, and I'm talking to you, Doc, Mr. Uh, I live in New York, but I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, you probably won't even ever listen to the show because you probably don't even know what a podcast is because you're so old. Really a tough scene. Um, but again, for those of you who don't know me, again, uh, I am one of the uh, – I want to say directors, co-directors, uh, administrators, commissioners, whatever you'd like to say, of Golden Stick Wiffle Bowl League. We operate here on the East Coast, primarily out of New York, specifically Long Island. Uh, we've had a long history of uh, Wiffle Bowl here, not only in New York, but in New England, Vermont. We've got a region. We had regions in Philly. We've had regions in Vegas, uh, California, uh, and really a few other places around the country. Uh, but we've kind of relocalized here to the uh, New England, New York area, and we're doing well. Uh, this fall league that I'm going to dis- basically talk about is our, uh, f- like I said, it's a our fall league, Long Island fall league known as Gaul. A uh, lot of Golden Stick guys playing it, um, basically mainly only Golden Stick guys playing it. And uh, it's our Sunday fall league. It's our version of Sunday softball. We play some whiffs in the morning, and then we uh, all go home and uh, watch football. Uh, later in the day and uh, it's a great way to keep the energy of whiffs going throughout the offseason um, some would argue that goal is maybe more um, intense sometimes than the summer but just because it's uh it's got that league format so you're you got you have to draft your own team and you've got a kind of you have a set schedule and there's a little more pride on the line because it's kind of like got this local vibe a lot of Nassau County Suffolk County action going on um, and it's really, it's a long time. I think next year is actually going to be our 10th season. Well, this year, basically this calendar year, 2024 will be our 10th season. I believe, uh, perhaps Rob, uh, my partner in crime will, uh, can correct me on that. Um, you know, time flies when you're playing with ball, when you're running with ball leagues, running with ball tournaments, uh, and just trying to stay afloat in this, uh, this crazy world we're in. Um, so like mentioned earlier, kind of want to do a little recap of our full league. I feel like we didn't really do that, uh, back in, um, December, variety of reasons, you know, for me personally, just, you know, I just got a lot going on in life, you know, and uh, not to make excuses, but, you know, facts are facts. Just not as much free time, not as much energy, you know, with a ball takes a lot out of you during the year. Uh, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of commitment. You know, I appreciate all the people who step up and help us. I uh, appreciate all the other people who play. Really, if it isn't for them, we have nothing to run. Um, so really, we're equally thankful for all of those different things. And uh, but yeah, it just gets tiring. And um, it's good to have some some uh, some off season 
for both players, non-players, administrators, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, uh, you know, when I got the text from Gannon a few weeks ago asking me if I was interested in doing a podcast, I said, yeah, sure, why not? You know, it's been a while. And then uh, I really didn't hear from him. And then Wednesday he texted me. He said, oh, by the way, uh, you're this Friday's episode of uh, Wiffle. I said, great, thanks for the notice. Uh, actually, Tim Dean had texted me uh, earlier, or even the Tuesday maybe, was like, hey, uh, thanks for doing a uh, podcast this Friday. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, what? <laughs> so uh, appreciate that. But again, nonetheless, uh, I'm the last person to complain about uh, you know lack of communication, right? I'm sure my player body in New York would understand that. All right, so with that be, without further ado, let's go take a look at our goal standing. So this year we had 10 teams, um, five, about five, six guys on a team. Couple of guys here and there, a little, little questionable attendance for some players this year. A little bit of a down year in terms of attendance. You know, we've been averaging like close to twelve teams, full six man teams. Two full teams will come in undrafted, but a little step back this year. Really, not not a not a big deal. You know, again, people have lives, people have jobs, people have kids, people just have different commitments, and you know, the first thing that's going to go is is whiffs, and that's how you really know who's got passion, who doesn't, right? Um, so let's take a look at our standings here. You know, I know you don't have the visual in front of you, but um, if you want to go to uh, our website, mystatsonline.com, one of our proud sponsors, and just uh, type in My Stats Online Long Island Fall League or LI Whiffs, um, it'll pop up on Google and you'll be able to click on it and, and take a look at the standings. Uh, playoff stats are not in there because they're usually kept separately. Um, so we'll take a look at our standings. Uh, in first place, we've got Thunder Gun Express. We'll go through these rosters in a little bit. Uh, Number two, uh, second place, Joe Mammies. Third place, Screw Goals. Fourth place, the Bell Parkway Hooker, which was the team that uh, yours truly was on. Fifth place, we've got the WC Partizans. Sixth place, Gaba Goals. Seventh place, Bulls of Screw. Eighth place, Seven Tent Mafia. Ninth place, Gaul Royals. And finishing up in 10th place, Ass Boys version 3.0. Um, I think there was pretty good parity this year. You know, aside from the Ass Boys, um, really. You know, not really, not really their fault. Kind of like a last-minute issue during draft day. We the draft started a little bit later. Some people weren't available. Not going to name names. Not going to play the blame game. It is what it is. And uh, unfortunately, they were only five and seventeen. But then after that, the ninth place team had ten wins, and the first place team had fourteen wins. So really, a four-game differential between first and ninth place is pretty solid. In fact, we had five. Was this one, two, three? One, two, three, four teams here tied with 10 wins. Uh, fifth and fourth place both had 12 wins, 13, 14, and 14. So really, again, I thought there was a lot of parody in goal this year. I think that there were some teams that had some – they got out to fast starts, and then they kind of dialed it back a little bit. Uh, that's Joe Mammy's. Thundergun Express had a very good season. Um, again, they wound up finishing in first place uh, because of a tiebreaker. So take a look at our rosters real quick here. Uh Thundergun Express, we've got Anthony Caputo, Craig Taco Caris, Pill, Phil Fresiello, uh, Mike Styles, Miguel Stelio himself, and uh, Nick Valente, right, from New Jersey. Um, too many guys in this league with the same last name. We've got a lot of Valentes, a lot of Valentes, some Mikes, some Nicks, and, uh, you know, a lot of Italians. Nothing wrong with that. Take a look at a second place team here, Joe Mammies. Go through our roster. We've got Anthony Mammy Aguilar. Uh, Hot Joe Ciancarelli, J.R. Coop, Danny Doc O'Connell, and Mike Cazada, most dope Mike. Um, I think they were probably um, 
the second favorite going into playoff week, uh, then some questionable managerial decisions, um, which we'll save for another day. I know that, again, if Doc is going to listen to this doubtful, he's very upset that he probably wasn't pitching and left somebody in a little too long. But you know what? That's what goal's all about. It's not always about getting to your best player. It's about just playing. And whatever happens, happens. You know, um, Sometimes you, you want to see a guy maybe take that next step in terms of being uh, a better wiffle ball player. And really the only time to do that is during goal. As, as intense as it is, it's very low stakes. It's not a national championship. Right. And these are the moments where you gain confidence. You know, can I pitch in the big games? Can I see a lineup two, three times? You know, am I going to be able to get a guy like Mike Styles out a third time by myself? And this is where you learn a little bit about yourself, you know, and you, you, you see what pitches work. Yes, the weather's a lot different um, in, in November, you know, than it is in August at the Open. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's that confidence, it's that experience, and um, it's just that, that, that uh, I don't know. I really don't know what else, really, what other word to use there. But you know, those are the kind of things you need. Uh, moving on to the screw galls, uh, we've got the Checchio family of Jerry and Johnny Chech, followed by rookie Tommy Dumps, Thomas DeSantis, uh, Kenny Junior, and Matt Schmidt. Really an unbelievable team. Uh, kind of disappointing, um, but uh, that they were they beat us in the finals. But we'll get uh, again try to get to that later. But a great great final nonetheless uh, between the Bell Parkway Hooker. And screw goals, um, and uh, a great game. I right, take a look at our fourth place team here, the Bill Parkway Hooker. Where again, myself, uh, we had Nick DeSantis, also from Long Island Dumps during the summer. Bobby Rob Landrew, Yee, Eric Rajber, and Mike Valenti. Um, you know, we were an interesting team, I'd say to say the least. Um, I don't think we really had a full lineup until the playoffs, and um, you know, we had a good run. We we played well when we needed to. We were kind of right there. Um, you know, we hit, we pitched. Uh, I just think at the end of the day, we didn't score enough runs. And uh, I know Rob, um, you know, takes it on himself for not being able to pitch his way uh, through, you know, and, and put us through into the cha- – uh, sorry, put us through the rest of the game and, and, and get us to the championship. But, you know, we could have scored a few more runs. And um, but again, we'll get into that in a little bit later. Uh, moving on to the WC partisans, we got Tyler Can, Ariel Duran, John Petty, and Peter Zielinski. This is a team where again, two guys were drafted as well, didn't show up, kind of hurt them. Um, but nonetheless, those four guys, you know, they were there a lot of the times. They played good dudes, so I appreciate them. And uh, for those of you who were drafted and didn't show up, you know, at the end of the day, you're the one who's got to live with uh, kind of letting down your teammates. You know what I'm saying? And it's a tough scene all around. Moving on to the Gabba Gauls, probably one of the more fun teams. We've got Venus, Vinny Denier, Jake Lurie, Captain Jim Cortuccio, Brian Romaner, Chris Shalkoff, Big Dylan Zenner. You know, this team was loud. This 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 team was uh had great pash, great energy. Um, unfortunately, didn't really show up in the playoffs. Rough first inning for the Gauls, and and they were basically done real fast. And, um, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's what's unique about the goal playoffs, you know. It's, it's a one – you play this whole season, as Doc, as Doc always says, if that's like the third reference to Doc Ray this podcast. But uh, as Doc would always say, you know, goal is basically one long pool play and, and one one 
It's one day. It's one playoff day. And if you don't show up in that first game, obviously that's it. All right, moving on. Bulls of Screw, Richie B, Boscarino's son, Steven Boscarino, Zach Glasser, John Hull, Billy Pearson, Withman, Rob Piervenanzi, uh, making his second appearance at uh, in Gaul. Love that for him. Guy lives around the block from me. Didn't even realize it. I still have his jacket in my car from the last day. Still smells like coffee. So, Withman, if you're listening, maybe you want to come by and get that. Uh, moving on to 710 Mafia, a um, one of these retur- re- recurring franchises in Gaul. I've got a few recurring franchises. Uh, 710 Mafia being one, uh, captained by JD, John DeNaro. The other ones being uh, the Screw Gauls, uh, the Dub Parkway Hooker. Uh, these are these are captains that are their kind of captains every year. And just because they, you know, they're veterans to the league and we know they're consistent and they they are just they embody what this is about. So we trust them to be these captains every year. And uh, so we appreciate them. Shout out to JD right off the bat again. Uh, moving on the rest of his team, Andrew Montero, Brian Wynn, Steve Sanchez, Bobby Teets, Connor Young. Right. We don't want to give Connor Young any more FaceTime. Guy stinks. Guy's got no patch. Guy thinks the league rolls on him. Unfortunately, it doesn't. Moving on to the Gold Royals, Dougie Baker, Lance Bonsignori, Bumpy Martinez, the captain, Jim McCann, Dan Moore, and Anthony Pace, who wound up being like a late addition. Uh, unfortunately, Dan Moore's father had some medical issues this year and could not play. So, And then really a few other guys just kind of didn't show up. So kind of some bad drafting on his part, but also some unlucky drafting. Um, so it is what it is for the, the Gold Royals. But again, you got to give credit to Bumpy. Guy's there every week. Guy wants to play, and he's committed. Big Pash guy. And then finally, those ass boys that we mentioned earlier, the 3.0 ass boys, third version. Tyler Dell, Geoff, Banson, Steve Calbutt, Dan Neb, and Jake Neb. Uh, fun little team. And honestly, you know, considering they only had five wins, you know, they played pretty well. Played pretty well all year. So, so with that being said, um, again, we're just going to fast forward a little bit to the finals. Uh, just to recap who won. Finals was between the Bell Parkway Hooker and the Screw Goals, and the final score was seven to five Screw Goals. The Hookers um, had a lead for a decent amount of the game, but uh, the way the finals work is it's a nine inning golden game, and and when we do when you do a golden game, that means that um, pitchers don't don't have minimums; they have maximums. In other words, a pitcher can go three uh, can go one inning and come out. They don't have to go the minimum three innings and a certain amount of runs scored, four innings, whatever. So really, you you, you have a little more flexibility because you can kind of throw a few more pitchers. However, in a nine-inning game, the max you can go is four innings. So you actually have to throw three pitchers, which is something we implemented um, in 2022 in the goal finals. And I think everyone thought it was great. You know, remember, these these are supposed to be five, six-man lineups. So And it's also goal. So, like, let's have some fun with it. Let's get some more pitches out there. Let's get some other people that that finals experience and have a little fun with it. And uh, so we did that again this year. So every team had to throw three pitchers. And the way it's kind of worked out is that the teams will will have their two horses, you know, usually pitch the beginning and the end of the game. And then there's always that one inning in the middle, that fifth inning, where they're going to try to just get by with that third pitcher that they don't necessarily want to throw. You know, um, for us, it was uh, – oh, my God, who was it? It was – my goodness, why am I blanking? I know Rob closed the game. Oh, Mike Valenti started it, and it was Nick. Nicky DeSantis came in for that. 
for that fifth inning. Did his job. Uh, the screw goals started Johnny Chech. And admittedly, you know, we, we, we scored four or five runs. We should have scored more. And we had guys on base, left guys on base, didn't do our job. They threw Matt Schmidt for his one inning, one, two, three, boom, boom, boom. And then they had Kenny Jr. come in for the rest of the game. And really at that point, it's kind of lights out. And again, Rob pitched pretty well, but uh, we were unable to scratch any more runs across. And basically each inning, Rob gave up a run here, a run there. And eventually, you know, they took the lead and, you know, that was that. Um, and it is what it is, you know. It was a it was a great playoff uh, for us. The hookers we won a great one. We beat Thundergun Express four to two. Thundergun Express had beat the Gold Royals three one before that. Um, we had beat the Partisans earlier on in the day before that as well three two, and um, you know it is what it is. And uh, you know it's just it's just one of those days, man. You know I've personally been to the finals a handful of times now. I've got I've got um, one title. Uh, I've been to the finals three or four times. You know, there's a lot of guys who've got two titles now, and one guy has three, I believe, and that is um, well, maybe not. Eh, whatever. Maybe I should have done some research before this show instead of just doing it at 9 o'clock at night. But anyway, the whole point of this is I just wanted to give a, give a quick little recap and a couple of shout-outs to the guys who, who who play goal. And I want to go through some of the awards real quick. Um, we did do awards. We did do a formal award show. We were going to do it at our golf outing that we did uh, back in um, November. But again, you know, other things happened. And it is what it is. And uh, we're looking for for that award show now, and um, go from there. All right, so real quick, just a quick shout out to some of our award winners in the twenty twenty three goal season. Right, our most valuable player was Mike Styles. He had an unbelievable season. I'll bring up his numbers for you right now. He's just he's just an incredible player. He's also really attractive, and uh, you know if anybody's been following any of our our shows for all these years, we love attractive guys, right? He batted five hundred, albeit in only thirteen games. But I, I remember during our little our little uh, end of pre end of year pre playoff meeting, we kind of took a poll of the captains and some players on who we thought the different awards should go to. And despite not having, I guess, the best numbers, we all know that without Mike Styles on the team. The team stinks, and he is. That's what makes somebody the most valuable player. You know what I'm saying? So he's just he does everything right. He hits, he pitches, he comes ready to play. He feels well. He's a good team player. He'll do whatever it takes to to be ready. He pitched 30 innings this year with a 1.96 ERA. He was eight zero. It was disgusting. It is what it is. He's unbelievable. He's the MVP, rookie of the year. We gave it to Dylan Zenner. Right? He had made his uh, Golden Stick debut this summer. Uh, and then, you know, was willing to come down for goal, get him, get some reps. Really cool guy, really cool kid. Really hoping he comes back uh, for some more next year. Offensive player of the year, again, maybe not the best individual stats, but in terms of like overall season and in term in the in an effort to kind of you know maybe spread out some of the love, we gave it to Thundergun Express captain Anthony Caputo. He had a great season. Take a look at some of his numbers as well. 
from an offensive standpoint. Uh, he was basically top five in every category. Bat of 430. He had 12 home runs, 32 RBIs. He only struck out 24 times, which is really not a lot in, in Wiffle Ball. You know, and he struck out 24 times in 21 games. That's pretty good stuff. Uh, slug in 914. OBP was 558. Uh, 22 singles, three doubles, three triples. Very good, very good season. Definitely no no issue giving him the Offensive Player of the Year. Moving on to Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, we gave it to two different guys this year. We gave it to Hajo Ciancarelli and J.D., um, you know, JD's unbelievable because he's, he's, you know, I don't know. I'm sure he doesn't want to admit it. He's getting a little up there in age, right? But sometimes he makes these plays on the mound or in the field and you're just like, so it's just so impressive because he has to, you know, again, not to knock him, but we all have to do this at some point. The way he has to get the ball sometimes, he, it forces his body to kind of have to roll or he's got to do some weird maneuvering just to make sure he doesn't get hurt. But the ball just sticks in his hand. And he made a few plays this year on the mound. And we were all just like, dude, that's disgusting. Like, and, and he just he 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 gets better and better. He's he's improved on the mound as a pitcher as well. Um his hitting still leaves something to be desired. But JD's a gamer. He's a guy you definitely kinda want on your team in terms of, you know, the pass the effort. Um, you know, he always wants the ball, maybe to to a fault. But uh I mean he's a great dude. And then Hot Joe played a great outfield. Guy's always jumping over the fence. Guy loves contact. Guy loves being in construction. Just, just a great guy and a great defender. Moved on to the Connor Cy Young Award. Gave it to Kenny Jr. Yeah, again, really not much else to say about his pitching this year. Uh, he had an ERA of 196 as well, tied with Styles. Uh, he was 7-2, and two, also threw 30 and two-thirds innings, uh, albeit over 10 games. He did give up less hits than Styles. He had five less hits. Um, his whip was a 1-3, which is disgusting in whiffs. He averaged uh, seven and a half strikeouts per game. Two walks per game, uh, two per inning, um, per game as well. It's a little high, but, you know, that, that's, it, that's sometimes that's yard league. Sometimes that's fall league. Sometimes that's weather. But there's no doubt that Kenny's one of the best pitchers in the, in the country when it comes to yard league. So congratulations to him. Um, now we move on to some interesting awards where they're not necessarily based on uh, your stats, more about um, who you are as a person. <laughs> uh, so we have two awards in goal we like to give out. One's called the Grow Up Award, and one is called the Grow Down Award. Um, and, you know, they're up for interpretation, whatever you think they mean. Sometimes you just look at a guy and you see the way he acts. You're like, this guy's just got to grow up. Or sometimes, you know, they just got to grow down. And the 2023 Grow Down Award winner was Whiffman. And if you know anything about Whiffman, you hear that he won the Grow Down Award, you're like, yeah, Whiffman can definitely grow down. You know, it's self-explanatory. You know, guy loves whiffs, but you know what? He, he really lost a lot of uh, a lot of favor when he just said he couldn't golf and then play whiffs uh, in the same weekend because he's too old. His body's going to fall apart. Dude, grow down. That's all I got to say. Got to grow down. And then... For the Grow Up Award, not the first time this guy's won the award. Definitely won't be the last time this guy wins the award. He he constantly redefines what growing up needs to be, needs to mean. And that's Geoff, Jeff Manson. Guy, again, you look at him, you look at the way he acts, look at the way he plays, the way he says. 
Guy's got to grow up. Love the guy. Got to grow up. Uh, moving on to the Fire Me Up, the F Fire Me the FK Up Award. Uh, this award goes to the player that's got the most pash in goal. Um, this could really go to a lot of guys, and which is great because what makes a league great is pash. Is a lot of guys having pash, and it's not the same guys over and over having pash. And this year, the 2023 Fire Me the FK Up Award went to Tom Ass Tommy DeSantis. Congratulations to him. The dumps. Okay, and we also gave two. Oh, uh, two. Um, sorry, we gave two of those awards away. And the other guy who won this also had a great year in goal in terms of pash. Was hitting big home runs, yelling when he goes around the bases. Wears those nice pit vipers. That's Bobby Teets. So shout out to him. Uh, another one of these JD guys, JD rookies that he's brought in for a couple of years. Okay, the twenty twenty three Six Suck Award. Um, again, another one of these awards that you kind of like, you don't really know what the award means. You don't really know what six suck means, but when you think about a certain person or what a certain player, um, means, like basically if you say, oh, this guy could be a six suck or this guy is six suck, it kind of makes sense. And we gave it to Dylan Zenner because the way Dylan Zenner played with this fall is six suck, right? Again, new to the league guy comes down. He's always got some good one-liners. You know, he may not be the the best player, may not be the most nimble out there, but the guy cares. Again, hit some big home runs, right? Definitely a six suck player. So we appreciate Dylan Zenner. Uh, most improved, um, you know, this guy again is is a player who's been around for a long time now, right? He's been a, a kind of was part of an old franchise of the Crusaders with Andrew Montero, and um, this guy he, again, he's a gamer. He's there. He's consistent. He's he's gotten better every year. But I would say this year he really took a took a big step forward. That's Ariel Duran. So we appreciate Ariel. He's a cool dude. He's always there to help. Always wants to get better. Always asking questions. He couldn't be a nicer guy. And so we're happy to give him the uh, most improved award. Um. Again, the goal champions, screw goals. Enough said. Talked about to them. The playoff MVP was Kenny Jr. For his performance, he was unbelievable. Captain of the year was awarded to the captain of Thundergun Express, Anthony Caputo. Drafted a great team. You know what? Some will say he had the number one pick. It's easy to draft a good team when you have the number one pick. But you know what? You still got to put the rest of your team together because you don't really have a lot to pick from when you get to like the later rounds in the draft. So kudos to Caputo to putting a good team together and finishing in uh, first place. And rounding out some of these awards, we have the all-goal team. Uh, these are players that just, again, had had – Great seasons, and this is a uh, basically we're going to put our best uh, six-man roster together, and that would be John Cecchio, Mike Styles, Brian Romaner, Pete Zielinski, Tom Ass, and Bobby Teets. Right, a good variety. And actually, what we what we did for this award is we kind of took the best player in each round. Um, Johnny Cech is a captain technically, right? So really, we took the best player in each round that we felt had the best year and and made this all goal team. And that's how we got Styles, Brian, Pete, Tom, and Bobby. Right, the all goal rookie team uh, was Dylan. Again, we didn't really have a lot of rookies this year, so we had Dylan and J Rod, which is uh, uh, Jameson Rogers, Kenny's son. Um, honestly, going to be a great player one day. I think he's like five. Gets sick. Um, 
This is the second rendition of the Golf Flake Award. Uh, the Golf Flake Award uh, is exactly what it is. They were committed to play, and then they didn't show up. They flaked. And that was Matt Valenti, Nick Valenti, and Joe Keller. Joe Keller actually was was very mean when, when asked to uh, pay a portion of his league fee, even though he didn't play, you know, started really using some choice words. Um, but, you know, my friend, at the end of the day, he signed up to join a league. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have some commitment. Now, Matt and Nick Valenti are guys who've been in the league for a very long time, and it's unfortunate that they've won the Golf Lake Award because they are actually some of the more consistent players. But you know what? Everybody's got fake patch sometimes, and and unfortunately, they were the guys that that showed that fake patch. And our last award, probably the most prestigious award that we do for goal. It's not really just for goal; it's really for whist in general. It's really for a whole year, and. It's the Gall Man of the Year Award, uh, and this award goes to the player that best embodies what it is, what it means to play Gall, and really what it means to be a gamer, a whiffler. You know, sometimes, really, actually, more often than not, this award goes to somebody because of what they do off the field versus what they do on the field. This guy, you know, for years has been around. We've used his bonnet. We've asked him to to show up on time to, to help set up. I'm sorry, show up early to help set up. He's there. He's there basically every week. I don't know of a week that Petty has missed. And there he is. John Petty Petrich is your 2023 Gaul Man of the Year. Um, congratulations to him. Just to get another, another guy that, you know, we would be nowhere if it wasn't for guys like Petty, for guys like JT, guys like the Chechios, guys like Styles. Guys like Dylan, right? Even the flakes like Valenti, guys like Bob, guys like Whiffman, guys like Kenny, you know, guys like Caputo, other honorable mentions, guys like Tyler Adele, right? Guys like Dan Mora, right? Guys like Kevin Norris, even though they didn't play golf. You know, all these guys. You know, we're not anything if these guys all of a sudden decide one day that, yeah, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to play. I don't want to help out. I don't want to be a, uh, I don't want to be an ambassador for whiffs. And so I just want to give them a little bit of a thank you. And, uh, and I think that's going to do it. I think I've rambled on long enough. Um, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, pretty monotone and, uh, pretty basic, boring national whipple podcast. This is, uh, Foodman signing off again. I want to thank Tom Gannon for the opportunity to uh, do the show. I wish I was a little more prepared, you know, but he said it's got to be done on a Friday. Told me on Wednesday, you know. So I just wanted to put a little something together, get my voice out there, just get some names out there, and I think it's important to uh, just keep the narrative about football going. You know, it's the middle of January. It's about to be some more flooding here on Long Island. It's snowing in most of the country. It's cold. Um. But for I know for a lot of our guys, what what keeps them going through this time period is knowing that in a few short months we'll be playing real wiffle ball. And I know guys have been showing up to coops out east on Long Island. They're there probably every weekend anyway because they're psychos. They love the game. But once we start getting into real tournament play, real league play, I think once you make that first trip, you know whether it's to Vermont, you know back in the day it used to be the PA, maybe to Mass. For the guys who play MAW, that first trip to York, that's when you know the Wiffle Bowl season is really underway. And um, it's coming up sooner than you think. 
So again, thanks again. Thanks to Tom Dean, uh, Tim Dean. Thanks to all the people at National Warfare for the opportunity to be on your uh, podcast today. And uh, that being said, have a great day. Godspeed and uh, LFG.